weekly podcast from the Sparta UMC Collective. Each week we dive deeper into the spiritual themes that we've been exploring at both campuses of Sparta UMC and share some updates from the life of our church collective. Hello everyone, my name is Pastor Ben and I'm here today with... Pastor Michelle, glad to be with you today. And we are recording this pretty close to Christmas. Yes. I don't know about you, Michelle, but this year it feels more than ever like Christmas just kind of like showed up around the corner and faster than ever. That's right. Pedal to the metal, like it's coming whether we're ready or not. Yes, and I'm not. No, neither am I. (laughs) Neither am I. And the weather feels like Christmas too, which kind of helps and hurts. Yeah. Well, it just started. It's been like unseasonably warm. Yeah. And now it's finally starting to feel cold. feels like Christmas is coming. Um, So this will probably be the last podcast that we put out between now and the new year. Um, But we wanted to talk to you today about a really special story that's not ever depicted in a nativity per se, but certainly is the underpinnings behind it, is, is the story of a powerful relationship in uh, in the life of Mary, particularly. Um, but before we begin, I've got a centering prayer for us. And Michelle, this is one we shared at um, uh, Hope Fellowship this week. I've modified it a little bit for this time today, but uh, there's a few lines in here um, that I really just want to offer to our listeners um, in this time of year. God of grace, you open the door for us to see anew each day where many more things are possible because of your great love for us. So today we pray, help us to remember that grace is within reach. In a world full of competition, help us to choose celebration. In a world full of scarcity, help us to choose abundance. In a world of war and violence, help us to choose peace and grace. In a world of divided lines, help us to choose connection and relationship. In a world of quick assumptions and stereotypes, help us to choose curiosity and compassion. And in our striving to choose a better way, God, may we be transformed. May you sow grace into our bones. May we catch a glimpse of your love in our world. May we shake off the dust of our old selves and live into something new. May your love, lived out through us, bind us together. With hope in our hearts, we pray. Amen. Amen. And that is such a beautiful prayer that really does speak so much about Mary. Yeah. Um, You know, in a world full of scarcity, she's trying to choose abundance. In a world where there's pretty clear divided lines between what is right and what is wrong, help us choose connection and relationship. In a world where the world is quick to assume and create stereotypes, help us to receive or choose curiosity and wonder and compassion. So, uh, Ben, I'd like to share with our listeners just very briefly kind of the context of our conversation for today. Yeah, we're we're talking about a passage that we'll be preaching on this week at uh, Sparta UMC and Hope Fellowship. Um, kind of at the center of it is a story about Elizabeth and Mary— but it all kind of comes in the context of Luke chapter 1. That's right. It's Mary's story, Mm -hmm. um, and because we call it Mary's story, Elizabeth gets washed over, kind of ignored in it all. But the, the whole gist of the story, the quick summary of it is, Mary is a young, teenage, unwed girl, and 
an angel visits her and says, Hey, Mary, you are pregnant, and you're pregnant with the Son of God. This child is a holy child and will be the Savior of the world. And Mary, very perplexed, says, How can this possibly be? I have done nothing (laughs) to create a baby. (laughs) Yeah, like, how does this happen? And she also, in the midst of asking that question, is sitting in the midst of fear because she's engaged to be married and realizes her husband's naturally, or her fiance is naturally going to assume she's been unfaithful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's a teenager. So, long story short, even though Mary doesn't fully understand, there is a shift in her spirit, and she says, Okay, God, if you're asking this of me, I will do it. And then the next scene is where Mary all of a sudden runs quickly to her cousin Elizabeth's house. And when the angel visited Mary, he said, oh, and by the way, your cousin Elizabeth is also pregnant, even though she's old and cannot bear children. So we think that might be why Mary went there. We're not exactly sure. But anyways, Mary goes to see Elizabeth. Elizabeth welcomes her. It's kind of of the only lead she got, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that would make sense. That's where she would go. Yeah. Yeah. So Mary goes to see Elizabeth. Elizabeth flings open the door, welcomes her with absolute joy. And before Mary can say anything, Elizabeth begins pouring these words of blessing upon her. Like, you are the favored one. You are chosen. You are carrying the Son of God. You are carrying the Savior of the world. And as Elizabeth's saying all of this, Elizabeth is pregnant. She's very pregnant. And the baby inside of her is literally flipping over, you know, leaping in her womb, as Scripture says. Beautiful image. Yeah. And so the baby's excited. Mary's not even told Elizabeth she's pregnant, but Elizabeth's already claiming and proclaiming that Mary is pregnant. And then they have a little bit of an engagement, an encounter, a conversation. And then the, the last scene is what is called the Magnificat, where we see Mary, it's often portrayed as kind of this humble, beautiful mm-hmm. servant singing this sweet little lullaby. But Mary is singing this song saying, Lord, I will magnify all that you are. I will glorify you in every way. And when you really look at what Mary's saying, it's not sweet by and by. No. It's absolutely upside down. It's where the world says black and Mary says gray. Mm -hmm. It's where the world says only the strong will prosper and Mary says the weak will actually be raised up. It's, It's flipping everything on its head so much so that people don't want to hear Mary's voice. Yeah, that uh, you were sharing with me a few minutes ago, that scripture passage has historically been banned in several parts of the world. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. In India, in Argentina, at different points, that they were not allowed to speak of Mary's song Mm. because it proclaimed too much hope and too much love for God. That's a, if a Bible, Bible passage is ever banned by the government, it's probably a good one to take a look at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, that's a, that's a lot that's happened in that whole story. Right. And Mary is that golden thread through it all. Um, but for our conversation today, we want to go right to the middle, right to the heart of that story where Mary's not alone. She's actually with Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. 
Elizabeth is a much, much older relative of hers. It is her cousin. Elizabeth um, and her husband, Zachariah, did believe that they were unable to bear children. And all of a sudden, Elizabeth is now pregnant. Scripture tells us she's six months pregnant. And the baby that she is carrying is the one that we will come to know as John the Baptist. There's some real echoes of like Abraham and Sarah in that story, right? Yeah. 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 And the the juxtaposition of young, unwed Mary with older, wiser woman established in a yes. relationship. One who very much was able to bear children, but not in a situation that that should happen. And then another who was unable to bear children and in a situation where it should have happened. So two miraculous pregnancies from two ends of the spectrum, so to speak. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, Michelle, I'm curious. I, you know, I was reading this story um, throughout the week, um, and, and as I was kind of sharing with you, e- even in a lot of the theological education I've had, this story doesn't come up a lot. It's not talked about very often, um, but it is... And I have to confess, as a man, I don't even know if I can necessarily unlock all of the deep meaning that's in this story. So so I just wanted to ask, what do you see in this story about two pregnant women really embracing each other in a doorway, in a in a very pivotal moment of life? What do you what do you see in that? Yeah, story? so so my mind goes in 20 different directions. Okay. Um, so the first place my mind goes, and I'll be speaking about this on Sunday, is I can remember when I found out for the first time I was pregnant. I was overjoyed, and I couldn't wait for my husband to get home so I could share with him yeah. the good news. So I can imagine if if Mary thought she was going to be received well, that she was just ready to share the good news. The flip side of that... Um, I have a sister who did become pregnant outside of marriage. And I remember the phone call when she called to say, hey, Mm. here's what happened. And she was fearful not knowing what the response would be. And so I think in that moment, Mary may stand at that doorway not sure, number one, if Elizabeth knows, and number two, when she tells Elizabeth, what the reaction might be. Is it going to be like, what in the world? Shame on you. Or is it going to be, oh my goodness, this is amazing. And and so much of that is taken from Mary because Elizabeth flings open the door and immediately welcomes Mary in and proclaims, you are pregnant and this is really, really amazing. And so I can only imagine that Mary kind of lets out this big exhale, like, (sighs) everything is well and someone gets it. There's There's the kicker right there. Yeah. How meaningful is it when we can talk to someone who gets it? Yeah. And gets it when we haven't even spoken it into being yet. Yeah, that that is... um, not just a sign of deep int- intimacy, but that, that's solidarity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just dawned on me, Ben, I've, I've never thought about this until right now. Mary never in Scripture acknowledges she's pregnant. No, and in fact, I was thinking about this, If not that I've ever been pregnant, but I remember when my wife was pregnant, the 
for the two times, like those first few weeks, like there's no real noticeable change or difference. No. And so I wonder if she's running there, you know, even um, feeling this, all this feeling very unreal. Right. Very surreal. And is this even true? Is what God said through the angel even happening? Yeah. And then to have that external confirmation yeah. from her cousin. And we need to remember, I mean, this sounds really funny, but it's at a time when there were no such things as home pregnancy tests. Right. I mean, <laughs> there, so there is no real confirmation um, because female bodies are such that you can just miss your menstrual cycle and think you're pregnant. Yep. And that not be the and case be at the all. Case. And that really would have been the only way that Mary may have had a clue. Yep. But given how this all came about, that may not even have been a confirmation for yep. her. And so for her cousin to speak, for a wise older counselor in her life to speak truth and to do so with love and acceptance, I think has multiple layers there. Number one, that Mary, in her current life situation, is loved, cared for, and received. And then, given the way that this all came about, with an angel of the Lord, some of us would say, you're crazy and that's a hallucination. Yep. That her cousin was able to say, that is of the Lord. That is, indeed, of the Holy Spirit. And what an amazing gift when we are able to speak to one another the activity of God that we see in our lives. Yes. And so that gets to a question I wanted to ask you. One, one thing I've learned to, to ask of different stories, especially in the Gospels, why this story? Of all the things that happened in Jesus's life, of all the things that have happened in Mary's incredible story here, why, why was this one recorded? Why was this one written down? for future generations. What what do you think is in this story for us? So that's very interesting. You have more historical um, aptitude than I do. Um, but some of it for me is, first of all, it's found in the Gospel of Luke. Mm -hmm. And Luke is one that always seeks the last, the lost, yes. the lonely. And so with Mary and with Elizabeth, they are two that would otherwise be on the fringes. And I think some of the message that Luke is offering here is God doesn't use just the ones that make the most sense. Mm -hmm. Sometimes God's revelation comes through the ones that we don't even consider would be the mouthpiece of wow. God. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say to that question? Um, hmm. You're making me answer my own question. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, to me, it's all about the the power in community that we see displayed in the story mm -hmm. and the way that Elizabeth is able to see how God is at work in Mary's life and, and perhaps a way that Mary can't contextualize herself. Um, I read a quote this week about how we need we need each other to comprehend what God is doing in our midst and within ourselves. Um, and I think we see that played out in the story. You know, and when you say that, two things just occurred to me. Um, number one, isn't that a beautiful definition for what the church should be? Yeah. Community yeah. Mm -hmm. 
that speaks to one another the activity of God. Yes. Um, and then number two, every time God creates, it's in community. I mean, from the very from, beginning, yes. it starts in community. Mm-hmm. And even the act of birthing is in community. There is no child that comes into this world alone. Right. There's always an older, wiser sage that births that child, the mother. Yep. I mean, literally, we come into this world into community. That's right. Um, and all of life is about connecting one to another and connecting to God. Yes. Um, and so again, I, I think so often at Christmas, we relegate Christmas, the traditional Christmas to like family. Well, that's community. I think what the gospel of Luke is also offering to us here is community can look like a lot of different things. Right. Because in Luke, who shows up at the birth but a bunch of Stinky, scraggly smelly shepherds, shepherds. Yeah. yeah, that get to be included in the moment of community there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to your point of Luke including the people that no one would think to include. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And it's only in Matthew that we have the Magi. Yes. Because um, they're the priestly... They're the respectable ones. Right, right. And so I do think that that is very important, mm-hmm. um, that... We there there are probably times in both of our, in all of our lives where sometimes we're merry, we're running to mm-hmm. seek community, and to have someone call forth in us the beauty of God. Yes. And then there are also times in our lives when we are Elizabeths, where we are placed in a situation where we get to say, "I see God in you, and it is beautiful." And what a blessing it is to be able to be in that role. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, it's only after that that Mary sings her song, she's able to see the cause and effect, right? If this is true, then this must be what is happening. That's right. And um, maybe it takes the community for her to be able to see that. I think that's exactly it. It is the gift of community that so very often we forget when we talk about Mary and Joseph all alone in a stable. Right. Even Mary and Joseph are not alone because they're together. Right. And then this larger community gathers to help them to understand what is actually happening. It makes me think of that old um, Irish proverb, in the shelter of each other, the people live. Yes. That's what's on display in this story. Yes. And I think that's a wonderful way for us to kind of move from this year into the next. Mm -hmm. To say, where is it that I need to seek out community? And where is it that I can be more authentically community to and with others? That's right. Good questions for us to contemplate. Because we can often be one of those roles. That's right. And the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is community is a gift from God. Yes. Well, friends, thank you for joining us. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. We're kind of closing out the first year of it. Um, So thankful that you've been listening and been along for the ride. And we'll look forward to seeing you next year. 